I called it a side project where I was dabbling in app creation and I created an iPhone app called Scan that would scan barcodes. Flash forward, I ended up selling that app to Snapchat and it was a really, really crazy busy time in my life where I was like hustling working on that app. I had like raised money from investors for it. I was playing soccer, kind of going to school. Um, and so it went from like super crazy and then when we sold it, it gave us all of a sudden just ultimate freedom of lifestyle, financial freedom, and freedom of time. And so mm -hmm. it was this big question of like, what do we want to do next in our lives? And it was actually Jessica's idea to... Do a little bit of traveling. A little bit. <laughs> that was Justin Garrett, who are travel journalists that have essentially built an empire called the Bucketless Family. Years ago, they set out on a journey to learn to find happiness with less, live a life of compassion and service, and to create lifelong memories together. And they did this by selling all of their belongings, traveling around the world, and documenting it online. Back when Garrett sold his iPhone app to Snapchat, they came to a position of what should we do next? So in 2015 is when they decided to set on their journey together. And they took three years living full time on the road, which is just astounding to me and incredibly um, just inspiring and hard for me to comprehend. <laughs> but they did that and they have traveled to 80 countries together now. In this episode, we have a wonderful conversation and talk about all the things in regards to if they ever get burned out from so much that they do and from traveling so much, what their education is like for their children, being on the road and traveling, how traveling has been since COVID even, and what gives them purpose and what helps them keep going and get inspired through all that they do and all the innovation and creativity that they have in their lives. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode. We get into a lot of fun things, including like social media for children and just a lot more. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get started. All right. Thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here and I've been really looking forward to this conversation. We have too. Uh, you said maybe like a year and a half, almost two years ago, we were in our gym and you're like, I, wanted, I just, I want to do something new. I want to do something more like that just like really stretches me and you're like I want to do a podcast and I was like yeah and you're doing it I know <laughs> and now, now it's here happen. now it's here true. I know right like we we would like bounce ideas off each other talk about all the things that we're going towards and it's always so fun to connect with you guys because yeah. we're kind of in the same yep. realm of what we do yep. and you guys inspire me so much because you're such go-getters I'm like amazed at how every time there's some new thing you're doing I'm like what how in the world <laughs> where did you get this idea like just so creative so like just such go-getters and it's really inspiring and I know that's part of the reason why you guys are so successful because people look at you guys and are like whoa they're different they're doing something way different than most people are doing I think that's an important thing in just the world of social media is I think the downside of it is social media like kind of funnels people into doing being the same person and all trying to like compete with each other and so it's a beautiful thing when you just like take a left turn when everyone else is going right and set yourself apart like that's where you find the success right totally I mean you guys are like trendsetters essentially there's a lot that you've done that inspires so many people honestly you say all this and as far I just look at him I'm like he's the one and I'm like I'm I'm the support I'm the cheerleader and I kind of go where he goes but he's the one who's like reaching for the stars and then I like help him get there. Right. I was actually going to ask that, like who's what, like I think people would want to know, like who does what job, what role, who's the ambitious creative one, who's the one that's like, let's like calm it down, let's do the business side. I, I don't am, know if those words have ever left my mouth. I am the queen of moderation. <laughs> right. And Garrett is the king of extreme. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty accurate. What's it like being married to Garrett? 
It's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like, my life is somewhere completely, like, I never in my wildest dreams would have ever been like, oh, I'm going to have a travel around the world and have a house on the beach in Hawaii. Like, that wasn't even, like, remotely on my radar. Um, right. So Garrett's always the one who's, like, pushing for more, looking for more. What else is out there? How can we be different? How can, you know, like, Garrett doesn't want to be mainstream at all. Right. I mean, yep. Oh, uh, yeah. I, get it. I, <laughs> I might not be to the level that you are, but I definitely have that sense inside of me for sure. And Andrew, Andrew's more like you. Like, yeah. okay, let's just calm it down. We got a good thing going. Why don't we just keep it the way it is? And I'm like, no, this is no. Let's. I want to do this. I'm that excited about familiar. this. Because uh-huh. I'll. Because I'll. When I came to him about the podcast, I was like, babe, I really want to start a podcast. And he's like, I don't know. You got a good. You got a good thing. Yeah. He's like, you got it going. Why don't you just keep doing this? I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm really ready to talk about things and get really in depth on things and a podcast would be the place to be and he was very like skeptical at first totally like supportive but like let's just slow it down i'm like okay i got about all this equipment let's think about it right yeah yeah exactly and while i am i'm not quick to jump to things i still was like babe this is this is the thing we need to do this and he's like i don't know i don't know like it took a little while to get it on board all right so you guys are so busy in your life i mean we love to hang out and we've hang out hung out here and there but i think i would enjoy hanging out with you guys more but we're just both so busy we like to really hang out with friends that much i know like we kind of did when we first moved here and now it's like like scheduling like getting us all girls together like it's difficult it's a lot of work partially that was one of my favorite things when everyone else had like a million reasons to complain about the year of 2020 one of the silver linings that I really appreciated is like everyone's lives slowed down, in my opinion, in a beautiful way that forced them to like reevaluate their lives, reevaluate how they spend their time and their priorities. And it might just be the optimist in me, but it was a very special time for like my life to like recalibrate. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely a silver line to everything. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely it for sure. Everything slowed yeah. down on the island completely. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of the nice thing about like, you know, you're good friends and you guys are creators and, and we are too. And so when we finally get together, there's no like, where have you been? It's like, no, we know you've been working, you know, we've been hustling. And so there's that yeah. like common thread. Totally. You know? And how was it different for you guys being travel journalists like when COVID happened? Honestly, it was just what we needed. Like Garrett will never, like we already said, will never, ever, ever slow down. It literally took a global pandemic for him to be like, oh, okay. And I had a hard time emotional last year, but at the end of the day, I feel like it was really good for our family because it showed Garrett. I mean, like we had a few friends here and there, but we weren't, we didn't feel part of the community and it wasn't until COVID and everyone was just here and it was just us on the island that we were like, oh, like, I feel like I have neighbors. Garrett fell in love with surfing. Like in that aspect, it's what we needed. But now it's good and bad because now like, we so have I need this, to travel more and more. Yeah, again. it's like, do you want to travel or do you want to be home? And honestly, I want to do both. And it's really hard to pick and choose, like when we go, when we go, what's where the, we go. What's the difference now, right now, with since everything that's happened for going, getting back into traveling? I would say there's some good and some bad. The good about traveling currently is you can go to some unique places that might usually on a typical year be very crowded and they're like empty and it's a special time to experience those places because of how empty they are the downside is it's just way more like logistically nightmarish to plan things but also like i really appreciate how right now people who want to travel are much more conscious travelers they're super mindful and like they've saved up and they've been locked indoors and so now people are like when i'm going somewhere i'm gonna like really like do it mindfully Right. And, and that's been really nice to see that I feel like people aren't being so like frivolous with their travels. Um, 
I, I think that might change, but you know, at least the last year and the little bit that we have traveled, we just spent the last three, four months in Africa and um, everybody with the, out there was so happy to see us, like so grateful to have Oh, such a special feeling when, yeah. we would, when we would visit a lodge and like the village would come out and be like, we haven't had visitors in so long. Wow. Like, they were so yeah. excited. I mean, for most of those places, their livelihood depends Completely. on visitors, you know? I know. And so that was, that was really fun to be yeah. going around Africa and experience that over and over. Yeah, I mean, that's something a lot of people didn't even talk about at all, like what happens to all these oh livelihoods that they've uh, worked really hard to build there. Yeah, right? for sure. So when you're out there, you're you're super grateful and you're super mindful of these people and what they've gone through and you know hearing other people's experiences and these african villages and these these um safari guides who haven't worked you know and so you try to be as generous as you possibly can because you know they've like really been through it you know right well for people who don't know you guys who maybe might be watching i mean i know a lot of people know who you guys are but for people who don't know can you tell a little bit about how you got started to becoming travel journalists and like essentially becoming the bucket list family you take this one, babe. How did this storm of a lifestyle start? So when I was, we were, we were in college together in Utah, and Jessica was, what, what do the kids call it, a sugar mama? <laughs> she was working and I was not. I was playing soccer. Mm -hmm. And then on the side, I had like, I called it a side project where I was dabbling in app creation. And I created an iPhone app called Scan that would scan barcodes. Flash forward, I ended up selling that app to Snapchat. And it was a really, really crazy busy time in my life where I was like hustling, working on that app. I had like raised money from investors for it. I was playing soccer, kind of going to school. Um, and so it went from like super crazy. And then when we sold it, it gave us all of a sudden just ultimate freedom of lifestyle, financial freedom, and freedom of time. And so mm -hmm. it was this big question of like, what do we want to do next in our lives? And it was actually Jessica's idea to... Do a little bit of traveling. A little bit. <laughs> I, like, I wanted to go to Australia. I wanted to go to the Lantern Festival in Thailand. Garrett wanted to go to Tonga. So we were like, sweet, let's do a couple months, four months. I think we had like four or five months planned. But in, I like, really appreciated Jessica's mindset because it was because we don't know what we want to do next in our lives, like what is the next chapter, we don't feel old enough to like settle down or like retire. What do we want next? Jessica's mindset was perhaps by traveling, we can see how different cultures kind of like find joy and happiness and fulfillment, learn from them and then make this big life decision. But this is also where you see like my mo moderation and Garrett's like extreme mentality just to like I'm like let's do a little bit of traveling and Garrett's like we will sell everything and we will share it with the world yeah it's like you don't just take this one little you're like I have a little idea and he's like I'm gonna make it into an totally. empire totally <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna totally. create something fantastic with this idea totally and Garrett like Garrett is an avid journal keeper has been since I met him back in Russia 13 years ago and so I know he and he would have documented our travels regardless and stuff but you know then with Instagram and YouTube, he kind of, it was mostly for us, also a little bit for our friends and family we were leaving behind. And then, um, but I do, I do think he was, that was at like the forefront of like influencers and travel influencers back in 2015. And, um, you know, we kind of got on board. Our timing was impeccable and our story was good, you know? So now when people are like, I want to do what you're doing, I'm like, one, really one lucked I'm, out. One thing I'm super grateful for, and I think you do this really well, is because we got started on social media with I think um, a wholesome like proper uh, mentality like intentions of I want to create this content to forever remember remember these like yes 
moments and experiences with my family. Uh, now we have this content, whether or not it blew up or became popular or you know, became uh, a successful YouTube channel, these are videos that we treasure and cherish. And like, again, it had nothing to do with like views and likes and all of that. For sure. And so I, you know, I watch your content, it's the same thing where I'm like, man, they're going to forever treasure like these memories and this content. I like, and you do a good job. I would say ours is very good in that we share wholesome content and memories. You do a really good job of doing that and putting like good quality information Aww, um, into the world you. that I think is like evergreen because you put so much effort into, into what you do that anyways it just makes me really happy and that's why I wanted to talk about it because more and more you're seeing the opposite on it where when I see people creating mindless content it's like yeah you're getting the clicks and the likes but like I just hope you're proud of this in like 10 years which is also cool know. to see that Such Ellen is like I mean it's this is a perfect example of being like okay like we've done the YouTube thing like what else can we do to like push the limits and like just put better stuff out there because at the end of the day you know like you've shared what you know and what you've learned and now it's like what else can I learn so now you're sitting here talking to other people anyway it's really awesome that you're doing this that's that's for sure I'm like so in line with what you just said because when I started my Instagram and the YouTube channel I was really just like sharing my life sharing the healthy fresh fruits and vegetables I was eating what I was feeding my kid Elvis and just our life and living simply and wanting to grow our own food and it just started to grow I mean this was back before like social media was really oversaturated yeah. and it just I'm like whoa what's happening like I didn't even realize like I it just completely was not on my radar and right. as it was growing it's like oh I can do something this with this thing. people are asking for my recipes people want to know how to mm -hmm. eat plant-based and then I made one YouTube video and I, I said this or who did I say this to I, I look back now and I had no idea when I made my first YouTube video that that amount of views was like a big deal like I was just like cool I put out a video like I didn't <laughs> yeah, even, yeah, didn't yeah, yeah, even yeah. realize at all like now if you try to put out a video it's like you know, just you have to work so hard to get for it, every to get, single. Yeah, and I think my first viewer, video yeah. had like a hundred thousand views or something, and I was just like, cool. Like I didn't even. It's <laughs> just so funny how I didn't even realize that at all, and it really just the intentions behind just sharing, yeah. sharing just you know authentically memories because I, I I'm so with you. My kids are gonna look back at these videos. They already oh do. They already yeah. watch their birthday uh -huh. party videos, and they're like, the let's watch it again. Like Scout wants to watch her home birthing video when she was born yes. all the time. Imagine, imagine when she's like. 40 years old and gets to see that like how it's a gift I actually think that I'm this is just a theory but I feel like our children are gonna like have heightened memories of their life mm. because Absolutely. they get to replay it over yeah. and Absolutely. over again whereas like when I think about my childhood like how many memories do I actually have it's like a handful and it's like in a blur totally. and you remember the ones that are on video camera but like very totally. little and so just thinking about totally. how many your kids are gonna remember from all their travels is amazing See, when I see people out there, it, it, a similar thing happened. So I worked at Snapchat for some time, right? And when I saw like the inner workings of Snapchat and we would see what type of people, what type of content people were creating on Snapchat, knowing that it was going to disappear every 24 hours, people started just creating garbage. Mm, and like, mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. there's a lot of negative that can come from Instagram. But you know the whole mentality of like, Instagram's a highlight reel. Again, positive and negative. One of the positives is it encourages people to live a more, I don't want to say impressive, but a more meaningful life, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because they want to like make they the want most to share of it. and they want to share and, it. And, and they like want to people say like do sharing. it for the gram. And on one hand, you're like, that's annoying. They're doing it for something else, but at least they're doing it. You know, right? like at least they're getting out and like <laughs> totally. living a life worth documenting. I'm telling mm -hmm. you, when I saw the inner workings of Snapchat and how people who knew they were like not going to remember anything the very next day, they were doing the opposite and living right. a life like they For were sure. not proud of. Um, and I see a, a, some of that 
with what's going on on TikTok. And I just hope people will like not have any regrets and create content that they're oh, like proud of rather than just chasing trends. Especially children and teenagers mm-hmm. because their brains are still developing. I actually want to do an entire episode on like social media and children and how just think totally. back, just imagine our lives in high school right now if we had, in, in junior high, if we had social media and everyone had like a like oh selfie, gosh. like their own pages. Oh my gosh. And now there's like, I, my, I really don't my, like my, the like, face favorite filters. TikToks are the ones of people being like, me as a 13-year-old girl making a dance video versus like 13-year-old girls <laughs> yeah. now. Like, those I are hilarious. Die. Yeah, those like, are really yep. funny. I'm, I, I think you should do that episode, and I'm really curious who you can find because you want to find someone, right, who's the side of the conversation who thinks kids should spend time yes, on social media that would or be like, get phones early on. Yes. I'd be very curious. If you want someone who's against it, I'm your guy. I know. Oh, I am so, I'm very like, okay, guys, can I get all my friends on board? Can we all just not introduce smartphones until no like 18? Oh, <laughs> like Garrett's page. nephew called him like recently and was like, can you, can you convince my mom to help me get an iPhone? And Garrett was like, you called the wrong yeah, person. Yeah, wrong guy. No, no, this is what I said. I was oh. like, put your mom on the phone. I'll yeah. talk some sense into her. And I was like, to my sister, I was like, hey, I spend all day, every day on social media. So much of the goodness in my life has come from social media. And I will still tell you, do not let that boy have a no phone. No way. Do not put oh him my on gosh. There's media. you already are so at such an insecure oh stage of your life and it's it's hard enough as it is, let alone having putting your life out there and honestly face filters do such a disservice to humanity in my opinion. And the the way that it's just I'm sensing you're feeling you're on board yeah. with me on this. Like the way that it's completely changes people's perception of what reality is to a point where you're showing the whole world that this is what you look like when really you don't look like that. And then we you literally go, yesterday had a girl apply for a job and we were like oh you know like how cute is she it was like some stories and then we looked at her profile and we're like that's a different person yeah two different people it was crazy yeah I, I couldn't believe it yeah it's it's actually astounding and like even I think people have good intentions and don't really I think most people don't really see the harm I think in you're it. Right. I think you're right. Yes, and I think they're not trying to And do and also yeah. it's easier to not put yourself out there that like and show all your flaws and your wrinkles and things like that because it's easy because you know, people criticize. People are so quick to criticize, so I understand totally. why people do it. Um, but I just think with children, yeah, it's fast. I think there's a balance. Like you want to teach children the benefits of all that you can learn by, while being online and having access to the internet and just like there's there's a lot of interesting and important things about that. But giving children full access to like a smartphone where they, I mean, this is heading in a totally different conversation <laughs> of our coach, but giving them full access to that and like totally. there's so much danger involved with that. But anyways, I, I do agree completely with like everything you said about the intentions behind on YouTube and views and how easy it is for people to like move to a place where they're posting content that they might regret down the line because of the views and there's so much of that actually and that's one reason why I think people love you so much because you're honestly putting out super amazing content that's quality it's inspiring people children learn so much from your videos by seeing all your travels and the service work that you guys do so I think that's why you guys are so successful because you aren't doing that. We'll, we'll see, even on the topic of kids on social media, because we're almost like hypocrites trying to do both, where when our kids were born, we started an Instagram page for each of them so that we could post a photo a day as a journal of like, hey, here's your life when they get older. Mm-hmm. Um, but not, you know, I think they have like 300,000 followers on those like pages. And so, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. For we sure. Really I understand. I, yeah, because there might be someone listening to this and being like, well, hey, you put your kids online. Yeah. So, like, what's the difference, right? Yeah. But I, I do think there's a big difference. But what are your thoughts? And, but I think it's that. I think it's your intentions. And mm-hmm. our intentions is uh, are that we want to put out goodness in the world, um, but also just it's for the our kids to have those memories. So we'll see. Well, and I think you have to be, like, super conscious of, like, 
how you shape it to your kids, how you like, I mean, I think there would be no greater gift than when Dorothy's 16 years old to be like, you have this platform Mm. that you could go and use and you could change the world and Mm -hmm. you could show other 16 year old girls like the life you're living and the active healthy lifestyle the family lifestyle that hopefully at 16 you're still living we have some friends who are really big on social media they're 18 year old girls and they do just that and it's amazing and then you've seen some other 18 year old girls who've grown up on YouTube and have gone the other way and so it's just kind of like I mean it comes down to how you raise them it comes down to who who they are and what you know what they can do with it but I mean I, I still think like even like our kids, we try to never give them like iPads and phones and stuff, but Dorothy sometimes loves making movies. And to me, I'm like, I want my kids to be creators. I don't want them to be consumers. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to see what's on TikTok and go do that trend. I want them to come up with their own trend and then they can watch their own TikTok videos. You know, like totally. go create and not, like more power to you. Like yeah. do make those memories and create and create and create, but just, just stay away from the consumption. And then they get to take with it or leave it. Like, like, Absolutely. like hey, mm-hmm. take it or leave it. You can do yeah, what you yeah. want if you don't want to do that. Yeah, that's interesting. That's that I've never thought of it that way because I know that that's what you guys do. They have their own channel and everything like that. My uh, So as of now, our kids are quite like unaware of what social everything. media is and how <laughs> yeah. it works. Uh, at soccer practice, a little boy came up to Dorothy and is like, Oh, I love your Instagram. I love your YouTube. And you could see she's like, I don't really know what you're talking about. Like, mm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I appreciated it. So, uh, but that's something we will be navigating over the next few years when, like, they do become more when they aware realize, of like, what that means. And, you know, Dorothy came home from school one day, I think a year ago, being like, How many followers do we have? I'm like, <laughs> I was like, How do you know what? I was like, Don't even ask. It doesn't <laughs> matter. We talk to you. Do you guys get criticism sometimes about, like, having your kids online? No, not really. Not too no, much. and and maybe it's because we've been pretty vocal about it. Like, um, me early on, I had a really really hard time putting ourselves out there. Like mm-hmm. when we left for our travels, our kids had their Instagram accounts and they were they were private. Mm-hmm. And I told Garrett, I was like, I'm not putting my kids out there. You hear those horror stories. Mm-hmm. And then I've kind of learned over time. You know, Garrett kind of helping me get myself out there and get outside my comfort zone. The good that has come from putting ourselves and our family out there far exceeds yes, I totally the agree. minor criticism that you get, which really hurts. Sometimes it really hurts. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Oh, for sure. I'm with you. You know. <laughs> I'm fully with but you. But because of what we've been able to do and share, I mean, I, I truly think we've we've changed lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've been a really good light out in the world. And I always say, I'm like, look, for the most part, people are on social media. You can put out good, bad, or nothing. And I think we should put out good. I think being the light is what we need instead of more darkness or instead of nothing. You know, like let's just let's just flood social media right. with good, with families, with health, with like service. Like that's that's like all we can do, you know? Yeah, I mean there's always gonna be people who disagree with how you do things, but at the end sure. of the day you have to do with what you feel is right for your 100%. family and yeah. is best for you and the world and everything like that. I sometimes get people asking me to show more like quote unquote real moments of like my kids having tantrums or something like that <clears throat> and I, it's, it's bizarre to me because I'm like I really care about like showing res- all the respectful moments like I'm only going to film my children when they want to be filmed yeah and, well, and my- when you're disciplining first of all your cameras no not your hands because I think we've had certain times like that where like we've like filmed Callie like melting down on the floor and people are like why aren't you helping your child <laughs> but then if you don't show Whatever, it you can you can appease everybody I know yeah yeah but I feel like I, I feel like it's important to be like 
explain that like listen I'm ju- I'm normal like everybody else like we all have our hard, hard moments I'm just totally. sharing what is respectful what my kids would be yeah. happy to have online yeah. because my kid Elvis does understand and Sandy I feel like do they do understand that like we're online and the YouTube yeah, videos maybe not to the full yeah. but like they enjoy it and when they if they don't feel like being on, on screen like I do not film them yeah. like you know it's just whenever they want to be on they pretty much just pop in when they want to be essentially and the younger ones that's obviously a little bit different but okay to bring it back a little bit I want to talk a little bit about your scan app like what inspired you to even create the scan app I wish I could say it was a really good idea and but the truth is in my like journal I had a list of brilliant app ideas that I wanted to create but I didn't have any experience in the space of app creation so I was like okay so of all my ideas here this is the dumbest lamest idea easiest I'm gonna start there there to teach myself how to create the app and then I'll work my way to the other ideas and that dumb, lame idea of creating a barcode scanner blew up. Whoa, and so what made it, what, why did you think it was a dumb idea? Well, it's just a barcode it, scanner. It's just, it There's just basic. He, he, like, he learned, I remember the day you, like, we learned what a QR code was, and we were both like pretty hyped on the technology. We we're like, wow, this is like a really endless, like, yeah. technology that you could do so much with. So he was excited about that, and then you kind of just even looked at the apps, and you were like, these are ugly, these are slow. It's a super simple solution. I work and at my core, I'm more less than a coder. I'm more of a designer. He's a designer, yeah. So right. as a designer, I was like, I could create something that's just better, faster, more simplistic than everything that's out there. And uh, I mean, like uh, eBay had an app out there. Uh, I think Google had a scanning app out there. And again, like they were just were. Well, yeah, when you're wow. going to be like, yeah, I'm going to go compete against eBay scanner. But I mean, that's kind of and so we were in the media a lot because here comes this like college kid, freshman creates this app, and all of a sudden it's like outperforming all like the big, mm-hmm. you know, corporations and their apps. And there was a time where we were, I remember I was going to San Francisco to meet with the creators of Angry Birds to see if they wanted to invest in my app. Mm-hmm. And the day we flew out there, Angry Birds was the number nine app in the app store and really? my app was the number 10. So I took a screenshot so I could like show them like, hey, we're like neighbors in the app store, like yeah. in the entire app store ranking, like we were top 10. and. So the meeting is happening. I was like, I want to show you guys something. I pull up the app store, and during that meeting, we had switched. So we were now the number nine, and they were the number 10. I was like, I don't know if I should show you guys this. <laughs> but um, it, it just was going crazy. I mean, when those were kind of like the glory days of the app store, where we were pulling in like 80 to 100,000 downloads a day Wow! into this app, and it was, it was going crazy. Um, and so, yeah, we, we built the app for three years, amassed over a hundred million downloads and then sold it that's amazing and i know i watched your youtube videos you had par- two parts where you explained the whole story of how oh, you yeah. sell your oh, app the acquisition madness that was so amazing crazy it was a really amount. incredible it's story it's a crazy story really crazy story so for those who don't know he sold his his app for 54 million dollars and the the thing is though like i really want to know you're, when you said at the end you're like okay what are we going to do we're not just going to retire why, why not just retire and like live simply is there something like within you like what is it because I think yeah. some people might be like, wait, why not just relax a little bit? I, I will say I do feel like I'm fortunate in my life to have a lot of examples of people who had at that much money or more money that were very unhappy. And I was able to learn from those examples and be like, look, I don't want to follow in their footsteps. Um, I saw money wreck a lot of people. And so we decided together um, that we would either just be so careful and mindful of this money or pretend like it didn't exist until we were at a point in our lives that we could like maturely like um, 
react to this money. And so one thing that we're super proud of with what we've created as like the Bucketless family is when we sold everything and left our home, the reason why we did sell everything is because the money from the acquisition, we put that aside and promised ourselves we wouldn't just like blow it traveling. Mm -hmm. So we put that aside and promised not to touch it except for like service service or nonprofit um, Mm -hmm. opportunities. And so everything that we created from the Bucketless family came from $45,000 that we got from selling all of our belongings and so uh, and started from there you know that's incredible and we held by it we never touched the acquisition money I think that's a really important part of your story because a lot of people might be inspired by you and they go oh well they had so much money that's Mm -hmm. why they got to do it but Mm -hmm. you chose to do something really special and unique by not spending it which is rare because honestly there's like really uh, famous people people who make a ton of money and you can blow it all you totally Uh can or you can be financially responsible and handle it in a different way. And you guys even, not even just handled it responsibly, you like took it to a whole nother level where you're like, we're not even gonna touch it. Like, mm-hmm. that's really inspiring. I think to Garrett, and, and we chat about this often, he's, you know, he hasn't made the most amount of money you've ever seen, but like, and he hasn't been like insanely like famous or whatever, but something he's so proud of and we're so proud of is in the success we've had, like even with Scan, he worked from home. He saw me and Dorothy every single day. He played college soccer while building this like big app. Like his lifestyle, like balance was for what we got out of Scan was just amazing. And I mean, it's the same thing even now. Like Garrett really prides himself as a father. Like most fathers don't get to spend all day every day with their kids, you know. And um, to be able to have created this lifestyle as a dad to get to be able to spend all the time he wants with his kids and travel the world with them he'll have people like old investors or old like business buddies be like so when are you gonna get back to it Garrett's like are you kidding me like I travel I get paid to travel around the world with my family like what am I getting back to you know like he's created a lifestyle that I know he's super duper proud of and like he's worked really hard for it but he he'll never ever sacrifice health family friends for, for money and then on top of it purpose and actually absolutely i don't yeah. know if you guys know what the blue zones are do you know what they are they're like the longest living civilization oh yeah, yeah in yeah, the yeah, world yeah. that have okay, the most yeah. centurions and they all have like nine common characteristics in why they ended up living so long and one of them is purpose like they all had even like well into their old age had purpose mm. they were with community they um they, they weren't put into like um retire like homes right they always had their community they always had purpose and drive See, I almost like hesitate to explain this because it sounds kind of psycho. But um, when when the acquisition happened, we you know put it in the bank account. We connected with like financial advisors, all of that. And since that day, I haven't checked our bank account because I know if I saw the money in there, because I'm just a human, I would be very tempted to like retire, turn off, mm-hmm. and like coast the rest of my life. But knowing how much I depend on purpose and how much joy like that brings it to my life. Like um, literally, Garrett doesn't carry a wallet. He doesn't have, I carry his wallet. And he <laughs> is aw, like millions of dollars, either plus or minus where he thinks we are at. Like he has <laughs> no idea how much money we have. But because I know mentally what that would do to me mm-hmm. and I want to stay like young and hustle and, you know, yeah. and go out life with purpose. And so, yeah, it's a weird thing, but that's kind of where we're at. That's really interesting and inspiring. Interesting? So how were you guys raised? Like, I think a lot of people might be like, well, were they raised in a different way? What made them the way that they are? Both of you. I, well, I was raised in the most like 
stereo like I'm like the American girl next door like 100% that was me you were I feel like kind of the same but your parents split at a young age and um I do think like you even took a BYU like a entrepreneurship class where they told you like these are kind of some of the things that that make for a really good entrepreneur Mm -hmm. but it went as far as like your mom's a second like you're a second generation immigrant you're like you don't sleep well. Like there are all these things like that Garrett kind of fits the bill for just like a super successful entrepreneur. Um, but we, we did, um, we did both grow up like comfortably with money. Definitely upper middle class for um, both of us. Yeah. But we both had parents that didn't help us at all financially. Once, once we hit college, like yeah, that was done. So that was an interesting part to it. That's I'm not sure like how it played a role, but we both grew up that way. And what examples did your parents set for you guys? When I speak of people who had money and no longer do, uh, mm. my parents are very good, yeah. bad examples of yeah. that. Um, so that that was ingrained in me of money will not bring you happiness. Money can solve problems and if you can, treat it correctly. And it could be gone and explode. Or it could like, create a yeah. lot of problems. Uh-huh. So... There, I mean, I think in those YouTube videos on our channel where I explain the acquisition, I explained that a legal part to the acquisition is that I wasn't allowed to disclose that the acquisition even happened. And so there I was having sold my company for $54 million as a college student. And legally, I could not tell my parents, my family, my friends, like anyone. So we just told our family, we were like, Garrett's company is partnering with a company out in LA. We're moving to LA. And like legally, we had and no that's choice. Like how we did. And, and it wasn't, knew. it wasn't until, crazy story, but it wasn't until North Korea hacked the company's emails and it was all leaked out to journalists and this like story went out in the wall street journal explaining snapchat acquired this utah company for 54 million dollars from garrett g and all of a sudden my family and my friends are texting me like wait what you know (laughs) and that's how it all like spilled out it was crazy so why didn't they want you to tell anyone they were just a super like confidential company you know how out like kind of apple and something just a lot of tech companies thing. will do right, it. Right, it's all yeah. secret. They, yeah. they, want, they don't want you to know how much they spent on Which we were, yeah. we were, at the time, we were super grateful for it. We didn't want anybody to treat us differently. We just wanted to, you know, do our thing. Um, do you feel like people do treat you differently now? Not everyone knows? I would say we're, we've been lucky and fortunate that 99% of people in our lives treat us same old, same old, and hopefully we've not changed ourselves, who we are. Um, but, you know, there's been some unfortunate cases of some people, like, definitely treating us different because of Right. Well, I think anyone who has met you guys will say that you are just as genuine and kind as you come across online. Like, it, I've talk, spoken to people who be like, oh, you know them? I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're, like, the nicest people. They really, you guys really are as nice as, as you come across online, which I don't know if, if it's always the case for a lot of people, but for, for you guys, it's for sure. <laughs> For sure. So we already talked about the roles in your business, and well, actually, we didn't really get into it. We started to started to dabble, but like you're the dreamer. Are you the business side? Do you kind of like I do everything else. <laughs> like literally, Garrett does like this, like the editing, the photography, the videography, creative, creative, and I'm Logistics. literally twelve thousand other things. <laughs> so that's like the business. Yeah, so I plan the travel, I do the brand deals, I feed the children, I do the laundry, I take out the trash, I fix the garbage disposal, like I do all <laughs> of the things. Um, which, yeah, it's a, it's a lot, but it's kind of just the way we work. And I think everybody has different, you know, way their marriages work, and this is kind of what's worked for us. 
I mean, our family is completely not traditional as well because I'm the same. I'm like the Garrett. I'm yeah. like doing all the photography and the yeah. videography. And that takes a lot of time. Like a lot of people might not realize that. I actually sometimes get messages of people being like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> but also I think, and I'm sure Andrew would understand, like there is a way to, you know, work. you have to learn how to work with creatives and kind of give them their space and let them do their thing. Um, and that, and see them in environments that like thrive, like, and I'm sure Andrew would agree that like you learn to have to give and give so that they can have their space and there's you're all so much more happy and successful because of it. It's super annoying, but that's just kind of well. And I'm gonna vent to a fellow creative. Yeah. It, it's a tough thing when when what you do like nobody else can do. Like nobody can like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm saying, gonna like, go hang up Andrew now. <laughs> when it, when okay, this it, like comes across as the most like pretentious dumb thing to say, but if like. Jessica's like, hey, you like do this for me, and it's like, I okay, but like what I'm doing, you can't do that for me. Like it's a tough thing, and you, yet in a marriage, you want to just be able to like help each other in both ways. It's a tough yeah. Situation. No, I mean, I definitely have times where Andrew would be like, Ellen, why are you working so long on this? Like it's fine, just put it out there. I'm like, no, it's not done, and he'd be uh-huh. like, it looks fine to me. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, <laughs> like I can't just put something out there. I'm not proud of, uh-huh. and. And he'll, on his level, be like, it looks great, babe. What are you worried about? And I'm like, no, like, you really don't understand. I need, like, four more hours. <laughs> you know, he's like, four more hours? Like, are you serious right now? So for sure, for sure. Andrew, like, does all That's of our so emails. Funny. And he does all the, you know, similar type with you, Jessica, <clears throat> with the kids and stuff. I'll hop in and do some homeschooling with them. But Andrew does most of it. Oh, we should talk about schooling. What is education like for your kids? Education, gosh, that's the topic of discussion at our fa- in our family right now. Discussion, argument, it's, heated discussion. It's, yeah. I think, too, like, we both grew up at the super, like, traditional school, and that's kind of, I think, what we always pictured. And in Hawaii, and now particularly during a pandemic, it's just kind of all out the window. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of now, like, really, me in particular, Garrett wanted to homeschool starting last year. And um, anyway, our kids are in a private school right now, and I'm just happy they're in school. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, it's not what it should be. And mm-hmm. now I'm, we're, we're close to pulling them. Oh, it's so difficult. I think a lot of people are actually pulling their kids out of school right now. A lot of teachers are actually sometimes quitting even and finding ways to homeschool kids that have been pulled out and wanting to create, like, homeschool groups and stuff. And that's what yeah. a bunch of our friends have started doing, yes. you know? like, and, and I think we're, like, pretty close behind. I'm just – I'm hoping we don't – I think we're at – the best school on the island, and I'm afraid that if we pull it, we can't get back in. Oh, really? And, um, but and you're I, more inspired to homeschool. But I'm kind of like, if this, if Garrett, Garrett's the one who wants to be in Hawaii, like, forever. And I'm like, if we're, this is a long-term play here, and if we pull, then I don't know what the long-term plan is, because I think we might need to leave the island for a few years, which I'm open to, but Garrett's, he's in deep. He loves Yeah, he tell loves me, what are, you, what are your thoughts? I mean, just at, like, a high level, I've always, like, valued education over schooling, mm-hmm. and so people think that I hate school and like college and all that but I don't like I love the social and there's a lot of goodness that can come from school but most of that goodness is currently not happening due to COVID Mm -hmm. and so like if if you're not getting that then like why school you you know if you're if you're just wanting education well you can get that a lot of different ways and so just with the current state of things I don't think school is in an awesome place 
And so until then, yeah, my vote is. To, I do uh, love how I think there's been a handful of times when we've talked about the Fishers, your family, when we're like, man, like everybody's lives was flipped upside down except for the Fishers. Except for the Fishers, <laughs> <laughs> our lives did the not change. Still eating out yeah. of the garden, still homeschooling. <laughs> our life did not change very still much. That's for in. sure. We, yeah. you know, work from home, homeschool from home. Yeah. You know, yeah, our life did not change that much. But so many kids and families have suffered and are still suffering because they there might be families who feel the same way as you and they aren't able to pull their kids out of school. And I just feel so much for that because you really want your kids to be able to be in a place that you're proud of that you really believe is going to be best for their growth and I know there's so many amazing teachers that are doing their best and like there's just so yeah, many struggles right so now tough. it's really tough it's so tough and this school like they're really just doing the best they can but when you have voices from everywhere and you're yeah. trying to please everyone like it just turns into a mess unfortunately it's really sad perhaps you guys though I think that speaks a lot that your your lifestyle wasn't influence that much by like these outside forces you know I think that's a cool thing that you guys yeah, should be proud cool. of thank you yeah. yeah I feel like it's kind of like like for us our goal has always been to like get more closer to like nature natural yeah. living uh-huh. growing our own food and stuff and it is a little bit of a testament to be like okay so what would happen well, if look, things yeah, got crazy totally. like, <laughs> you know but I, I mean I don't know how much on your podcast or to your own like community you've expressed this probably not because you guys are humble people but one thing I think worth sharing is how much in our community and our group of friends like you guys are just this like source of just like information and knowledge and and the way that you guys share it is always very like friendly where you're never like you know how now in today's world there's a lot of like I, i don't know if you'd even call it bullying of people like putting pressure on like hey this is how you should think this is mm-hmm. how you should live um i've always been grateful how you guys are constantly like sharing information but it's not in like a overpowering way it's like a, hey this is where we've found some like health and joy and goodness in our life and we want to like share it with you um anyways it, it's cool how you guys have become that voice in not just our friends group but like the community Thanks. have you noticed that like over the last year more people are kind of turning to you for like the expertise because you guys have been living this way yeah for a while now I don't know I don't know if I've really noticed it but I mean I just wonder if more people are like like looking up the homeschooling situation oh for sure that for sure that as well and just growing your own food being like oh wow maybe we should be doing that type of thing right yeah for sure and that's so nice thank you so much a lot of people actually assume that maybe like all my friends are vegan or plant-based how do you get how do you get all your friends to all have the same opinions as you I was like no that's not what a friendship is like no Uh for me friendship is not about like us all aligning on everything like it's about like finding common ground, being open to each other's mm-hmm. perspectives and like respecting each other. Like everyone's coming from a good place and doing what they sure. feel is best. See, that I think that's cool. That's what I was trying to say because I think on the online community, you can definitely have like a niche demographic, but like in the real world, you've done a cool job of like the, being the source of information in the community, like offline and social media all aside. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Uh, I was surfing this morning and people were talking about your podcast out on the surf. No way. Yeah, it was cool. They were having like a conversation about Aww. it. And I, I hadn't like watched it yet. And so it was fun to hear their like perspectives on it. That's awesome. Um, I don't even know who the people were, but they were talking about it. Really? Not even Brett? Brett wasn't out there? Well, yeah. he was out there with me, but it was like two, two other people that were chatting about it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm really happy with that the episode. And I love that I'm doing this one now. Something I want to channel and change shift into in this episode is like, is there anything and advice you have any advice you have for people that might like maybe didn't come from the situation that you did and maybe they're inspired and they're like I really want to create something I want to live a life with purpose I want to be successful whatever success is for them um but obviously different and maybe they come from a different background or socioeconomic uh circumstance like 
What advice do you have for those people? Well, I think it always just comes down to those intentions, right? Like if you're, I want to do Instagram because I want to travel for free and I want to have a lot of followers. Like that's when you're like, no, you shouldn't travel. But if you're like, I just want to be with my family and I want to document it and remember it forever, then it's like, well, go and do it. And like worst case scenario, if nobody ever watches your video or ever sees your post, you had a great time with your family. Like it doesn't matter. So when we're like trying to encourage people to do stuff, it really just... You know, it's like if you have those pure intentions, then it's never a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good advice because I'm sure you're the same way that if somebody comes with the intentions of like, hey, I want a successful YouTube channel or I want a lot of followers on Instagram, it's like, I don't know how to give you advice. It's really tricky. Oh, I have no, no advice for it. Like, like, well, and like you said, like we, our timing was impeccable mm-hmm. and your timing was impeccable. Like you just put it out of it. You didn't even realize that 100,000 views was like a lot. You yeah. were just kind of like, there's my video. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so when you go into it, just being like, I want to document my life. I want to share some goodness with the world. Then like everybody wins, yeah. even if you're, you know. That's good advice. So what about for those who like, maybe they have a different dream and they're not trying to be like online or anything, but they just want to be successful and like doing what they love. But maybe they feel really stuck. Like they're like, I can't get out of this hard place that I'm in. You know, like what, what, do, how do we move forward from there to help people like that? Or how do they help themselves? You go. Jess. <laughs> A little bit about us. So Jess hates it when I, how do you say it? When I give advice to other people. The amount of people who have dropped out of school, um, changed their religion, uh, quit their job because of a brother's like, so I decided to leave our church because of what you said. And Garrett's like, what? (laughs) Turns out I say a lot of just things off the top of my head. People really take to heart Garrett's advice. And even, you know, Heather... They left and, you know, her husband was like, well, you know, Garrett and I sat down for lunch and Heather was like, yeah, now he wants to and travel around like, the what world. what did you say? And I was like, I don't remember. We were just having lunch together. <laughs> That's the effect you have on if people. If I were to try to defend myself, it would be, um, I see myself as like an average human and I was able to accomplish like my dreams. And so I think I do have a, a gift that I can see people's like highest potential inside them and so when I sit down or I'm chatting with someone I'm like oh I see the world in you so I want the world for you and so I encourage them and like hey go chase your dreams like go for it if you could see yourself the way that I see you you would you would just go for it and so I think that's why um, I might have that effect sometimes on people Um, but it is the truth it's just I've like felt just the fullness of joy from pursuing my passions and dreams and why would I not want that for everyone Totally. That's beautiful because I think a lot of people, they might want to do something, but they're scared or they don't have like support or anyone being like their cheerleader, like Garrett. uh And they're like, I'm afraid to just step out and take a risk and just do something different even or just feeling stuck. Right. But like drive and purpose is is huge because not everybody has the same drive. Well, and even for me, who is like, you know, the queen of moderation and I hate how much Garrett pushes me outside my comfort zone. Like I'm the first one to admit that like I'm thriving in a life that I never pictured. You know what I mean? Like, I never thought I would love living out of a suitcase. And now I've turned into this, like, minimalistic person who I can't imagine any other way, you know? And so sometimes when you, you know, just thinking differently and putting yourself in a new situation, like, when we came back from four months of travel that we had initially set off, we looked at each other and we were like, okay, like, let's start the next business. And then we both were like, but are we liking this? Are we not? And like, we were both surprised. I mean, especially me to be like, I'm really enjoying this and I want to keep traveling and I'm good at it. And like, it's, it's been a life that I'm living. That's completely different. Like I said, than I would have ever imagined, but 
I'm grateful for it. I think it also comes to being open to to the possibilities yeah. of what might come to your uh, availability. Totally. Yeah, mm-hmm. you exactly. know, because an opportunity might come your way. There's a book that that, that children's book that's like, "What do you do with a chance?" Have you ever seen that book? I and it talks about how like I had that first chance mm. and I didn't I didn't take it, and then they started coming less and less because I just stopped taking the chances. And then it was like, then one I decided one day if I get another chance again, I'm gonna grab it, take hold of it. And then it was like the biggest chance I ever saw. And then he like soars. It's a really cute. I like well, that. and if there's one thing that we can all probably have in common from this last year is just the inconsistency and like stuff is not what you expected but if you kind of look at it and try to change it and do something you know I I think a lot of new possibilities have been presented to each and every one of us over the last year and a half and you've had to like redo the way you do things and rethink the way you you do things um and I think it's okay like I've I've learned how to let go to plans and that's something I think that's really important that everybody kind of does. You have to let go of like preconceived notions and plans and how you thought about things different, you know, before and just being open to new possibilities um, because a lot of good can come from it, you know? Totally. Garrett, you have anything to say to that? Yeah, my mind's like racing. Yeah. Right <laughs> All he's thinking, he's going to get in the car and be like, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> I just what she said about how especially like, COVID and the pandemic and everything really like shook everyone's lives. I mean, to an on- optimist and entrepreneur, all you just see is endless opportunity. Uh huh. So that was for sure. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen the documentary Fire? It's called like the it's an acronym and it's like Financial Independence Retire Early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really good. Oh, you have seen it. I, I've heard I, of it. I think I've heard you talk about it before. Right. Yeah. Our friend did a screening for it. Quinn. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, and a bunch of people showed up. It was so cool. And it's such an inspiring documentary because it it shows real people with all different kinds of backgrounds and circumstances deciding like I'm. I am in control of my fate and my like the rest of my future and I'm going to do something about it and it could take step by step by what people do to like make short term sacrifices for like long term gains and it's incredible what people can accomplish with like just a ba- like an understanding on how to get there right and that yes there will be sacrifices and that's sometimes good because you experience that and then you really appreciate it down the road when you get all that mm-hmm. success anyways um why do you think you're as ambitious that you are, as you are? So I have been deep diving into enneagrams since yes. I tore my ACL. Thank you. Let's year, talk about it. Right? <laughs> Garrett's like, I'm leaving. No, I think Garrett is just that seven through and through. He's mm. never content. Mm. Seven? You don't think you're a three? No, because no, he I... does stuff for freedom, not for success. No, seven. wait. You're shaking your head. He doesn't want to be put in a box. He calls himself divergent. I'm like. Right. Andrew's like, what's the Enneagram that doesn't care about Enneagrams? That's the number I am. (laughs) Well, because I was like, you know, I've been deep diving and I was like, Garrett, you're an average seven. Oh, that just made him so mad. (laughs) He's like, I'm average nothing. And then I learned that there's a healthy seven. I would rather be an unhealthy seven than than an average seven. seven. So, but Garrett, he, I mean, he's, he's never for the good and for the bad. He's never content with complacency. Mm hmm which as a nine mm-hmm. is like the name of the game for me it's like status quo right? right and so it's this constant like he always is going to be reaching for more wanting more what's next what's next i think it's kind of like a drug where yeah, you take you put in hard work and you feel the same fear that everyone fear you know, or feels and experiences when they step outside their comfort zone and then you taste the reward tastes good you want more for people who don't know what the Enneagram is, look it up. It's how do you spell it? E-N-N-E-A. 
G R A M. G R A M. And so a nine would be like, what's it called? A peacemaker. I'm a peacemaker. Seven, adventurist. Enthusi- I thought an enthusiast. Oh, enthusiast. I thought maybe you would be a three. A lot which of people is the have achiever. thought that. Yeah, no, no. I mean, because I can see where you think that. Because he is like an achiever and super competitive. But it comes down to your but motivation. It, to your core motivation, right? And he that does makes stuff sense. not to achieve, but for the purpose to live life. To live life. You know yes, I mean? that makes sense. You're not doing it for like the money. The money You're things. doing it for just your own in- purpose inside. Which makes me an uh, awesome seven. And Ellen is. Like wrote the chapter on eights. I am one thousand percent an eight, and that's why I'm like I am made for podcasting, you guys. Oh, I'm, you totally are. I'm so made for this. And even though I haven't done any like challenging type of um, discussions with opposing views yet, I'm working on it. And it's not going to be the entire um, podcast, but every once in a while I want to sprinkle in an episode. Which is that's just like, so funny because that's like what you thrive on is this like discussion and debate, and that's what makes me like crawl into a hole. I'm like, oh. okay, I have this theory. Okay, let me know. I I don't mean this in a bad way, but I actually don't think a nine is a peacemaker i think nines are avoiders i feel like it's more like avoiding conflict as opposed to bringing people together i think there's different kinds of nines right okay so it's like a healthy nine that brings people together yeah 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 okay yeah that's so interesting and nines are so good about seeing everybody's like everybody's view right like you 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 understand and which also makes you kind of less opinionated because literally you see all the sides yes so it comes across as if you don't have an opinion so it comes across but yeah you just and that's literally how it is with like politics today like i see both sides right right Right. is there a number that's the most opinionated i think the eights and ones eights yes the thing is though with me i actually think i the beauty about me right i'm just kidding (laughs) positive about myself but um what i like about myself something i like Uh about myself is that i love to be challenged i love to hear other perspectives obviously only with people who want to engage in the discussion who are enjoying it and who aren't like like if i start engaging with someone who's like a nine that's like i don't want to talk about this like that's not fun i want to talk to someone who enjoys the discussion who wants to hear all sides and go back and forth and at the end of the day something that i really like is that i am I'm pretty good at bringing people together and like uh-huh. finding common ground and being uh-huh. like, okay, so where do we agree? Where do we disagree? How can we like just understand why we think the way that we do? Yeah. And that's like my core totally. foundation. That's like my my number one hard school is like bringing people together and where can we find common ground and how can we understand each other better? Totally. That's my number one goal probably in life. <laughs> As yeah. I've realized over the years, maybe not number one, but it's pretty high. Up there. Yeah. <laughs> so do you guys ever get burned out like from all that you do and how do you, how, or how do you prevent burnout? We're, th- we're almost there <laughs> yeah. constantly, I'm sure, especially mm-hmm. you and I on the creative side of things, because when you care too much about something, you're just constantly like knocking on the door of burnout. Um, I'm not quite there yet, but I can feel it like around the corner and I'm I, trying my best to like avoid it. I think you see too, it so, though, like, so much on YouTube. Like working with your spouse, we really had to learn what each other's like triggers are and where they find stress and where they don't. So like there are times where I can tell Garrett's on the verge mm-hmm. or he can tell I'm on the verge. And so we've had to just over the last literally like six years had to like step in and kind of carry some extra weight when we see someone is like, you know, struggling. So we um, currently, our focus is majority of it is on our Instagram and our YouTube, but we're shifting right now. We started a company called The Bucket List Studios, and our hope is to create a cartoon. And uh, at the very beginning, go back to like where this idea was born, and it came from kind of this topic of not wanting to burn out. And I'd say there was two main drives to it. One was thinking of our children and what's best for them. And we're like, okay, we, if our kids are like, hey, 
where we don't want this social media, we don't want this fame, we just want to turn it off, mm-hmm. then we would respect it and we would turn it off. And so wanting to almost like prepare for that moment, totally. we decided to, in a way, like transition this into a cartoon where our hard work and the story that we've created could live on while we can just like yeah. back out and back into the shadows and like live our regular lives. And so that that's like that's where we're at but that's also now we're in the like building of that phase so we're trying to build that up so we're we're like doubling up we're exhausted right now right but it's awesome i think garrett like as kind of a serial entrepreneur like this is your new i mean you know the same thing with like youtube like you can get burnt out and garrett's super burnt out Mm -hmm. of the youtubes and the editing and stuff like that so now it's like where else can i like yeah, the hope the hope you know. is that the cartoon will pick up and I can like peace out on the YouTube and then that's actually that's the whole podcast. that's what my podcast is. <laughs> totally. my, my brain is the exact same as uh-huh. the thought process. That's actually why I started the podcast on a new channel. The main reason why I started on a new channel because I do want to you know eventually phase out of it and have just the podcast where my my children aren't in it and just preparing for and that. Like right. you said yeah. for sure. And because the alternative is burning out mm-hmm. and then it's just done. You know? Totally. So I co- I do feel you for sure, and I also do am like very aware of like I, I do want to have my kids like less online as time goes on, and the podcast I'm feeling so much totally. purpose from it, being mm-hmm. able to have these conversations, and then on top of it, phasing them out. So I, that makes sense. And as a result, you're like doubling down. So what are all the things you're doing now? So Garrett is we've built a team. Building. He's built a team. There's ten They're of us now. Starting oh, the Buckley Studios. Uh-huh. The Buckley Studios. They're starting all the character development and oh, what it's so like excited. the look and feel. Oh, as a creative, it's just like a playground right now because we're yeah designing the look and feel of it. We're writing the story of like the the. And you're starting to develop like merch and product and what like it's going to be like a full like we want it to be an online offline experience. It's going to be like a, a big not just a show. You know what I mean? Like the last thing we want with or Instagram, YouTube, and this show is for it to just to be put people online more. Like, if anything, all of our goal with this is to take people off the line. Mm-hmm. You know, like online. inspire people. Oh, you'll you'll really appreciate this. Like, as soon as you see, I'm really excited when it's ready to show you even just like a little bit of it because you'll see that it's not like mindless kid entertainment. Oh my gosh, we, there's such a hole like that. You yeah. you're feeling such a need right now. I can't even believe. Even when you like feel the pace of the cartoon, it's not just like bam, 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 bam in your yeah. face. You we know? were just talking about that because we watched this new movie that came out literally all the new movies are just super neon super flash 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 all these like pig pow all like it's incredible how fast it is like i'm just like what is going on it feels like a tiktok type thing but a whole movie and then we watched to kill mockingbird black and white film a few days later i was like this is so (laughs) this is so nice you'll see you'll be really proud of what we're trying to create because it's it's exactly the opposite of what's currently out there and i think it'll throw a lot of people off and like but I think because I think people are picturing one thing and it's going to be something different. Because when you so hear a cartoon, you think just like dumb entertainment, people mm-hmm. like cartoon characters. I mean, because it also and... it would be easy, though, to turn what we've done into a Dora the Explorer type of right? thing. You yeah. Know? So how's that? How's it going to be different from like a, a grown up Daniel Tiger or a grown up Dora the so Explorer? So you'll see it's, it's as of now, the way we've like written it out. But we're trying to be very open minded and flexible. The beauty of creating something in today's world is like, does it live on Netflix or YouTube or Disney Plus? Like we're very open minded and how we're creating this the more important thing to us is how can we take a create a very meaningful story and then share it with as many people around the world to like better the world okay so there's a lot of different ways to do that but as of now we've written out this like arc of a story that takes place across three seasons 30 episodes total and it's like 
you you watch it in order. You go on this journey rather than just most cartoons that you can just right. tune in, watch one, and then mm-hmm. that's that. You know. So to try to and I, something that's been really important to us from the beginning is that our audience, our current existing audience, like every Sunday we get pictures and videos and stories of people who sit down with their kids and watch it as a family, mm-hmm. and we want that to be the same, which is very tough to do to have a full family demographic that will all sit down and watch an animated. 20 minute episode together like it's really tough like we're we're really going up against something tough to try to create what we're looking for but it's gonna be awesome we're gonna do it I don't think there's anybody else out there doing do, what you're doing no, right now and no. that's what makes you guys so successful because you're really just pushing the limits expanding the horizons figuring out where is there a need where can we put good into the world because honestly it really bothers me how the shows the yeah. options that my children have to watch are so most of them don't have a positive purpose. Most of them have negative purposes with um, just te- the habits that you're yeah, teaching yeah, in yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's mindless. Like very, very well, little of it, it is valuable. It was funny when we, because initially we didn't know, are we going to do this ourselves? Are we going to, you know, Garrett shop this around to all the big networks and we would go into some of these meetings and they're like, okay, this is great. I get it. We're going to have 48, seven minute episodes and you're like huh yeah yeah. like and they kind of just started to put you into these like Mm -hmm. boxes and even netflix is like we have a three to five group a five to seven group you know Mm -hmm. and we're like sorry we Mm -hmm. are full family right so so a year ago i went and pitched all the big networks and they like they fell in love with it based just off of our idea and pitch and we had offers from disney plus and hbo max that it was really tough decision but we ended up turning down those offers because like no if we want to create something like really really pure we can't have these like outside pressures so let us like work on it on our own and then take that to them and see if they now like it maybe they will if they don't there's a lot of different ways that we can like uh, share this with the world so that's where we're at i cannot wait for it to come out and i know it's going to be insanely successful we'll see when it comes out it's gonna be it's gonna be a while but we're like slow cooking it so that it's mm-hmm. exactly what we want it to be it's like that in and of itself could be like an entire full-time job plus i know and then on top of it and we're still <laughs> a traveling so but really though like how do you pre- how do you prevent the burnout like for us we have our like routines and like hey this is what we do to help us so what do you guys do to help you guys not to just get so burnt out from everything in general and just wanting to shut up i off? mean i think this is the first time in our lives where i mean in the last six years i should say where we're hiring a team, where we're like, we have to find really amazing people to like help us build this. And we've started and we have some amazing people already that see the vision and are so stoked on it. And um, and it's tough, it's tough working for us. The fact that we'll like be in Africa on a completely different time zone and have like 30 minutes on like sketchy internet connection. They're like, all right guys, here's everything you gotta do next week. We're gonna have internet connection again in 10 days. We'll check in, you know? So props to our We're team. not They've easy to work really with, that's for sure. So far. Yeah. Um, but also, okay. So for me, thinking of burnout, um, it's like right there around the corner for me. But also, I've just found a like, uh, just, I like, I enjoy that feeling of being exhausted doing something you actually love and care about, rather than like anyone who's had a nine to five that they don't care about and they're exhausted but for a different reason like mm-hmm. you're either going to be tired or exhausted either way you might as well do it like something you really care about um and so yeah we, we feel like close to burnout but we're like super grateful for what we do you're right there is a difference between being burnt out from something you're not enjoying and it's like kind of sucking your soul a little bit totally. versus you know which is we all and having have those jobs in the beginning right some, yeah, of, yeah. some of us had some of us have those jobs for their life and there's certain jobs that maybe 
I mean, that's literally, I feel like, motherhood. Right? <laughs> Wait, you can really get burnt out of, like, it's repetitive, yeah. right? So you have to find those ways to not get burnt out, even just mm-hmm. from the daily from the daily routine, you know? You know what I think is a good sign of it is, like, I'll go to sleep just so painfully exhausted, but I wake up, like, excited to, like, get back to work. When Snapchat bought my app, I went and I worked for Snapchat. And it was, and just, a, I was excited for a new opportunity. I had never had, like, a real job before at that point, and all of a sudden here I was, like, Whoa. director of So you never have chat. actually done the, the like, the, the working at a coffee shop, yeah, nine yeah, to five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was my first time, and right. I was excited. Like, it felt like the first day of school when I was right. going. And um, very quickly, like, there's no better way to say it than I just felt my soul being, like, sucked out of me. It was so gross. Like, I remember for the first time in my life, I cared more what like my boss thought of me than what mm-hmm. I thought of myself, mm-hmm. which is such a twisted, gross, toxic right. feeling, right? right? Mm-hmm. And then, and so many different things about it where I was like, holy cow. And then going back to like, I would wake up not excited to go to work or to like live my day. And so really quickly, I was like, Jess, I think I need to quit Snapchat. She's like, uh, it's been a month. <laughs> it's been three months. And, uh, and it, it was difficult because I couldn't give her like a solid answer as to this is why I need to quit. But mm-hmm. fortunately for me, like Jessica knows me better than anyone else and like understood the underlying like what's going on here and supported my like weird decision to leave such right. a good job. Well, I think it's partly your personality too because some personalities do totally. thrive at a simple Absolutely. job. My, yeah. um, oh, actually, it's not simple. My sister's husband, who's amazing, he's a structural engineer and he loves his job. It's a nine-to-five job, but he really loves it. And yeah. personalities really are different. Some people really like that um, consistency and yeah. don't have the I mean, same... and that's how my dad was. Like, my dad, and he's worked at the same company for the last 25 years, nine-to-five. And so when Garrett went to Snapchat, I was, loved I was stoked. I was like... He's going to come home. He's going to turn off his laptop at 5 p.m. And he's going to be, like, present. And Garrett, I mean, he's always thinking of the next thing. So, like, most nights, you know, like, we're doing all our family stuff. But Garrett's still got to be checking this and doing this and filming that, you know. But that's just what he loves. Right. So, you know, and and I, for me, like, my happiness comes from his happiness. Mm-hmm. Huh. For the good and the bad. <laughs> well, that's the that's start of a great, or a foundation of a great relationship is helping each other love love what you do and sure. love your life for sure do you guys ever do like we sometimes do like a no screen family day where we'll just like put it all away like no screens at all and we'll just like hang out together and that always is like That's a awesome. really good refresher to be like look mom's not going to be on like doing her work at all mm-hmm. I love um, that. and also I Wish think that. something that was conscious for me like okay my dad is such a great dad he has shown me love my entire life I've always felt love for my dad because the words of affirmation is kind of like my love language and he's always just been so great with that one thing I did notice though growing up is that he had a Blackberry I I probably have told him this but he had a Blackberry before smartphones were out and I always noticed that like you know when we would be at the dinner table he'd be looking at his Blackberry or if I like talk to him maybe not like looking up right away and like that that did something to me and so I feel like now I'm like very aware of like if I'm working, even if I'm working and I'm hustling, like if my kids come up to me and they're wanting to talk to me, like put it down and look them mm, in the eye. Like and that. this applies to anyone, even if your job isn't about right, anything right, right, online, right, right. Just like how easy it is to just get yeah. on your phone so much, whereas, and, and to just get sucked into it, you know? And that's another thing with the kid thing. It's like, it's addicting for adults, let alone kids. Totally. So I'm on a screen and then kids, or your children come up to you and want to say something to you, like, not even taking more than a second to yeah. like put it down and look them in the eye you know like that I feel like is really Absolutely. important 
So I have a couple more questions that are like simple questions that you probably get asked all the time, but I still find them fascinating. What is your favorite place you've ever traveled to? Mine is New Zealand. I love New Zealand. It's just so beautiful. People there are so active and outdoors. Like everywhere you turn, it's just a postcard. Postcard. It's like it's just another. We could live it's there. another planet. I would move there in a heartbeat. Uh, and then mine uh, is most any island anywhere in the world, island. Uh, which is why we live here. But also, I mean, specifically uh, in Tanzania, there's an island Zanzibar. It's a very special place. That sounds really yeah, fun. Baby sea turtles, dolphins, crystal clear water. It's oh, it's got it all. Amazing. I haven't been to very many places in the world. Andrew and I have only been out of the country. I've I've been to like a handful of countries out of the world, but I have been to Bhutan, which is really random and different. Oh, you have. And That's I remember right. I remember yes. when you guys were gonna go there yeah. and I was like oh, I've, I've been there. I've been to Bhutan. That's like one of those random countries. Very, yeah. So the bad like, like people have been to. Right. And I could be like, look, guys, I've been there. <laughs> Just because I haven't been to like near anywhere that yeah. you've been. That's awesome. But That's I've been to Bhutan and that, that. it was beautiful. Yeah. Such an amazing That's place to visit. That's a very special place. The culture very there. Everyone place. is so kind. The, it's just so pristine. It's amazing. And they, it's how so they've kept it so pure. Right. At, at least when no, I had gone. Nobody else has done that before. Right. Like, at least when I had gone, they had only recent op- recently opened up the country and it cost $100 a day just okay. to get into the yeah. country. And they um, didn't have any imports from, yeah. I, or at uh-huh. least I was, as far as yeah, I was aware, yeah. which was incredible. Like, uh-huh. just so different and, cra- and crazy. So the other thing is, what is the scariest thing you've experienced? Any, like, really scary things you've experienced on the road? What was it just recently or traveling? that happened? It was very scary. Um, we had a situation in Mexico where we were went on a mm. surf trip, and it was uh, us and our friends and all the little kids on board. And the, I mean, we went out and very quickly went from like a pretty nice day to just crazy lightning storm, and then the clouds came in so thick. We were on this like, like metal black. boat, pitch black, stormy waves, lightning storm all around. Two us. hours like, from land, it we was all crazy. We thought we were gonna die. Like all of us, not the kids. The kids were like totally oblivious, but like yeah. the parents were like kind of like in I their had, minds, like, like baby Callie in one picturing arm and like a surfboard in the other. How are we gonna arm, get off this like, boat? Yeah, where are we gonna swim? That was very scary. Yeah, it was one of those like, this is gonna happen. How, yeah, how's Garrett's gonna grab Callie with the surfboards? I'm gonna do that. Like it was. Yeah, like it's not like it was just you guys on the boat. It was your children as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and then we we made it back safe to Sayulita and our friends um, Sarah and Ryan Williams that mm-hmm. live on the, the west side. Yeah. They uh, we all got off and we were just like looking at each other, like hugging, like oh we're my alive. Gosh, like wow. I can't believe we're. Up. We had we had one scary, very like eye opening situation though, where we were traveling to Turkey. This was three years ago, and well, while we were on our flight, the U.S. put out this like red alert, like do not travel. They were evacuating like embassy U.S. embassy people. Explaining that ISIS had like uh, threatened any Westerners they come across in that region, and so we land in Turkey to both of our parents just like freaking out, being like, "You got to get out of Turkey." Mm-hmm. It was really scary, and there wasn't a. A flight or an opportunity for us to leave until the next day so we had to spend at least one night there and we had happened to stay be staying in this like cave of a hotel type place and uh, we we went to bed just very nervous like holy cow um like uh again picturing the worst case scenario of like 
who's going to get taken? How are they going to take it? How are we going to say But I think that was the very first time we had just like such a clear lesson of like, you can't always trust like for your first impression of a people or a culture or what the media is saying. Mm -hmm. Because if you were to ask us now, like, hey, where do you find the absolute nicest people in the world? Top of that list. 100%. Turkey. Like such wonderful, kind, welcoming people. And so we stayed there. We woke up the next morning and like 24 hours later, I'm like, Jess, I feel wonderfully safe here. Like, what do you think of staying? We ended up staying the entire time. No way. And uh, it was one of our favorite places. Like, Absolutely. I yeah, that love was a Turkey. Great lesson for us. Um, I love it there. And I would recommend to, like, if you go, like, have a guide who, like, obviously knows where you're going. But, like, we would be in the Grand Bazaar and you would see these, I mean, people who, like, by stereotype come, might yeah. look scary. Yeah, by like media standards, like literally looks like a terrorist. And they kind of come up to your kids. And Turkish people love children. And they would come down, they would pull out. A balloon from their pocket and make a toy for the kids like they were over the top so in love with children and so kind and like people you would come in and you would try foods and they'd be like here take this like and they were like pushy salesy kind of like you can sometimes get in India they were just like yeah just take it like just the literally the kindest people give you the back the shirt off their back and like and that's always been a lesson for us like obviously be a mindful traveler and be safe but at the same time like you can't judge book by its cover i mean it makes me think about when we were talking about education for your children how you literally do like world schooling like they get so much amazing like education just yeah. from yeah. all that you do and travel with and all that you guys have learned from people and cultures so i okay i also want to ask you like what is like the coolest service work you've ever done um what it's tough like it's like the best and the worst thing that we've ever experienced is when we went to Nepal and we worked with a nonprofit called Effect.org um, in the battle against human trafficking. Uh, they kind of explained to us, look, you're going to come here, you're going to see some things you perhaps didn't even know existed in this world, like the darkest side of mankind. And it's going to be really hard on you for the first day or so. And then once it kind of like settles in, then we can like get to work and start to like work Well, and the, the whole solution. like thing too, they brought out a bunch of people from Silicon Valley. So it was a bunch of like marketing, IT people, tech people. And so what we would do at the end is we would have this like two day hackathon to like create something like literally to like take what we learn and then create a tool to like help. And we, we struggled. We couldn't. Jess and I, like, we couldn't get over that hump of, like, okay, we've seen the darkest, and now let's try to, like, get out of there and be productive. Like, it just... Like, the first step is always anger, and we, like, never got out of the Mm -hmm. anger step. You know what I mean? Like, Because you kind of feel helpless a lot of times. And we brought our kids there, so, like, to be there with our daughter, Dorothy, and it, like, wrecked us. Anyway, we ended up, like, working with this organization, and they challenged us to raise $25,000 to... No, $50,000 to to build build a school. And, and, um... Because education is the number one percent prevention in human trafficking, right? At that time, we had like I don't know, like eighty thousand followers a, yeah. on Instagram, and I was like, guys, how are we going to raise fifty thousand dollars when like I can't get like five hundred likes on a photo? Like, how, <laughs> this is the numbers aren't going to work out here. I'm sorry, but they challenged us, and I was like, oh shoot, like well, let's at least give it a go. It's a it's a good thing yeah. to be working towards. And props to our audience, like they came through, and within a month we raised a full fifty thousand dollars. It was awesome. That's amazing. 
it was really special. And then, you know, two years later, we went to India and we visited our school and it's beautiful and so cute and just in like a really poor area, but like the cutest little kids just doing yoga in the mornings and like, and well, that's so rewarding because we really actually, cool. our favorite um, like nonprofit is uh, Charity Water. Do you guys know yeah. Charity Water? Yeah. And we did like a fundraiser type thing with our audience. And I found that like your audience like rallies behind you yeah. when you have a cause to really support, like your audiences are amazing. Well, and I think... I mean, props to Garrett. He, he Garrett's a really great storyteller in all of our videos, and I mean, I think he really effectively like we told the story. I remember the first time we recorded our vlog, though, we literally just sobbed through oh. it. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we you started one. to edit it, and you're like, "This is not going to work." I love how vulnerable <laughs> you guys are, it. though. You guys cry like every other episode. I feel <laughs> I like cry a lot. I, don't, I feel like I might have cried online maybe like once. Like it's mad props, I cry vulnerable. A lot. No, I cry a lot, but I don't know if Especially I cry Especially in our, online. like, Bucketless Friends videos. Like, literally yesterday, we yes. filmed it, and I'm like... Oh, me too. Bucketless Friends... I mean, not my Bucketless Friends, but my membership. Would yeah. you guys... They're the ones who inspired me. You guys are the ones who inspired me to start my membership, and I love my membership. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is incredible. I think that audiences really rally behind when you support a cause, and yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. So, I have my last question for you guys. Do you guys think that social media has kind of hit its reach, and there's, like, a bubble? Being, like, the entrepreneurial side... And like you have so much, you have so much insight behind mm-hmm. the things. You talk to so many really successful people, and you just kind of I, like you amaze me when I come to you with like questions and stuff. You have all these ideas, and like, oh, that's interesting that you I've never even thought of it that way. So, what are your thoughts on social media and how it's just become super oversaturated? And is the bubble gonna break? What's the future gonna look like in your mind? So I do think social media is greatly broken. It, it, um, it for example. I spoke with someone who works at Instagram and Facebook, and I remember telling them like, how much does it bug you that people will talk about like the golden days of Instagram or the golden days of Facebook and how much it's just broken now and how they hate the algorithm and they wish they could go back to like a chronological feed. And I was like venting all the things that like everyone vents about, um, just wanting like a, a social media platform in its purest form. And I sh- like this person is like high enough at Facebook, they like, make the decision they like control what Facebook is becoming and when I heard them say they go people think they don't like what Instagram is becoming but if you saw the numbers it proves that people actually do like it more because they're spending more time in an app Mm -hmm. and when I heard this person who determines what Facebook is becoming say it, it that way it broke my heart because I was like nah you think like they're making their decisions based off of analytics Mm -hmm. and numbers and I'm like there's a very different experience between someone opening the app enjoying it for five minutes and then turning it off feeling fulfilled and then going on versus someone just getting in this like rabbit hole that they like explore for like 20 minutes and all of a sudden they're like whoa what happened to me they turn it off and they feel gross right Instagram wants the second to yes because, because that's, that's where they make more pockets. money yeah it's that's, all about the money you know and so if you only make your decisions based off the numbers you're going to choose that second scenario and so for that reason i think social media is just like it's a broken thing and so the good news the silver lining here is uh it's up to the individual how much they let it be toxic and negative uh, versus who they follow, how they use it, the information or the content that they create and put out there. And so you can't complain about it too much because at the end of the day, it's like up to you. Mm-hmm. That's really impactful, I think, because I, I totally agree. It's totally up to the individual on how you form and shape what you 
look into right. and what you're paying attention to and absorbing. And I think that that is definitely the way to go. We can't really expect these companies who are, you know, about profit and about how to grow it and how to get as many people online as possible who are taking advantage of our weaknesses, right? Right. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. And we can't really blame them. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's up to us. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to end it. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. Like you guys are so inspiring and impact so many people every day. And I'm just so thankful you came on. Yeah. Thank you. Well, congrats. This is amazing. Thank you. We're so happy for you. Thank you. All right. Bye. Sounds good.